Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message, and may God bless you richly through it. Our first scripture lesson is from the letter of St. Paul to the church at Philippi, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself before by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Our second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 21 through 32. And at the end of eight days when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there's a, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people of Israel. May God's holy words inspire us and enrich us. A little bit of the customs setting I mentioned earlier, that much as in some traditions very young with babies, we'll baptize anyone who hasn't been baptized into the, the church and into the Lord Jesus at any age they need it, and sometimes even affirm it in the lake. And uh, we've had young folks, we've had babes in arms, I've had once was privileged to baptize my brother-in-law and one of his children in the same service. It was a wonderful father-daughter baptism morning. I've had that privilege more than once with, with family generations. Well, here's the tradition that if you're anywhere near enough to go to the temple, that's where they went for the, the rite of circumcision. We're all male children. But there's a, a catch to being the oldest son in a family in the nation of Israel among the Hebrew people. That person is dedicated to the Lord. 
You're supposed to give him over to be a Levite, like a permanent deacon. He belongs to God, not you. But you can pay your way out of it. As many things, there was a sacrifice, but it was supposed to be at least a lamb. And then a, a pigeon or turtle dove as part of the cleanliness offering because childbirth was considered a messy thing, so he had to kind of clean up after, and there was an offering for that too. They kind of put prices on a lot of things. And the offering of two turtle doves was for a family that couldn't afford a lamb. So like being born in a manger or in a, in, in a stable and placed in a manger, so too then this two turtle doves offering is the offering of a poor family. It's another indicator he's not born into wealth, but they're doing what is right. They budgeted and scraped together. One, to make the trip to Jerusalem. Two, to be able to afford the sacrifice according to the law of the Lord. So they, they did all things right, all things in, in good order. I think it's the Presbyterians that say do all things in good order or something like that. I'm getting a nod from our, our Presbyterian. I got it right. I know my, my brothers or Presbyterian clergy have told me that. All things in good order, and they, they did. Remember, Jesus will later say, I came to fulfill the law, not to erase it. So the law is being fulfilled at all steps. As is the promise, and I love the imagery. Simeon's an old man. He's a little tired. He's ready to go home. God has said, Simeon, I can't let you go until you have seen the salvation of Israel. You're going to see Hamashiach, the anointed one. We'd say the Christ. And I picture him being called to the temple this particular day. Mother, may I hold your baby? And Mary, triggered by the Spirit, knows to let this old guy hold the baby. Lord, now you can finally let me go in peace. And we have this, this ancient blessing that's used in a number of settings, not the least the end of a funeral service is a blessing for one who's being allowed to depart in peace. I told a little bit about the tradition. You're supposed to name them after a great uncle or a grandpa or somebody in the family, usually who's deceased, and pass a name on so it doesn't die out in that line. The Jesus had already made it very clear, you're going to call this baby Yeshua. I'm Joshua. There's a, a series of stories told in Maine dialect about this traveling preacher named Josh. That's what they nicknamed him in the stories of a coastal gospel, tell, gospel telling, if you will. And his apostle was Rock Johnson, which was Petros Bariona or Simon Peter. Anyway, I tell you a heartbreaking story about a name so precious Songs have been written about it. It inspires us. I'm one of those pastors that if I'm available, I will take care of a family that doesn't have a church and a pastor for a funeral. And several funeral directors have me on their, their list of Protestant clergy when I'm available. And I, I get a chance to speak the message sometimes to families who don't hear it much. Well, a long time ago in a parish far, far away, I was called to do such a funeral. 
and the family was less church than I thought. Because during the prayers and the readings, there's a little girl there, and I'm no good at guessing children's ages, but she's probably 10 or 11 years old, sitting on her dad's knee. And every time in the prayers and readings I read the name Jesus Christ, she turned to her daddy and whispered out loud, Daddy, he said a swear. And I wanted to cry that this poor little girl had only been taught that that name was something you didn't say because it was only a swear in her world. Broke my heart. Because this is a name that is the Apostle Paul wrote, and this is believed to be, by the way, one of the earliest hymns of the church. The uh, humbled himself, but then... Uh, Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. There's a beautiful song to that effect, a short one. That, uh, again, I won't trouble you with the a cappella singing anymore, but it's an appropriate one for the day if we had a couple of, if we had somebody to keep us on pitch, I guess. Would be the... So they're given this name, Yeshua. Fairly common name, Joshua. With a very deep meaning, however, we talked about the meaning of names. It means God saves. God saves his people. And Simeon had been promised, you'll see the salvation of God's people, Israel. And he even got to hold the baby. He knew Messiah, Mashiach, the Christ. And when I say Mashiach or Christ or Messiah, all of those simply mean in the different languages the anointed one, the chosen one, the one specially set apart. An anointing set something apart as holy to the Lord, and in this case, far more than just a firstborn son. He is the firstborn son, the only born son of God the Father Almighty. So this is, this is first son and then son. The first word, as we call him in our podcast, because both Genesis and the Gospel of John, when they say in the beginning, and Jesus was present. And Jesus is the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Without him was nothing made that was made. Wow. There's something about that name. What's in a name? I've got my favorite necktie on. A number of people have seen it. The background of the tie says in big letters, I am. And when God introduced himself to Moses and Moses said, well, you're sending me to Pharaoh and, and, and our people. Who's sending me? I am that I am. Tell them I am sent you. Jesus echoes that. Now, he, it was said in Hebrew. That is such a name. There's so much in that name that Orthodox and, and conservative Jewish people to this day will not spell out the word God in a book. If they're reading in the scriptures and they come to the abbreviation that means the holy name, and we think we know how it's pronounced, they say Adonai, Lord. If you look in a Bible in your Old Testament and Lord is in all capital letters, that's the sacred four letters in the Hebrew text that is never spoken out loud. It was spoken out loud once a year in the temple by the high priest within the Holy of Holies, and there was a rope tied to his belt in case he said it wrong because he was going to have to haul his body out. That's how sacred that name was considered. 
and still is. So when the Ten Commandments say, don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain, well, they take that seriously, as of course should we. That name is precious. Now, I think I've, I've said this before, and I got a couple of nods. I read a series of books called uh, the Earthsea series, The Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula Le Guin, quite a while ago. And it was about a little bit about superstition and majory and whatnot, whatever. I don't believe in the magic, but it made for cute stories. And everybody and everything had two names. You had your real name and your use name. And when you were named, it was whispered in your ear what your real name was. The rest of the world got your use name because the use name was a way to, instead of saying, hey, you, and pointing, you might say, hey, Dave. The true name, David, wouldn't be spoken aloud because there was power in a name. So when we call on the name of Jesus Christ, we call on something with power. We're told to pray in the name of Jesus, baptize in the name of Jesus, to call for healing in the name of Jesus Christ. There's something about that name. And that was believed to be true of objects or of people. In a use name that you call something casually and the real name that invokes the power and the reality. Jesus echoed the I am, kind of like on my necktie. We've, we've read at Christmas time, of course, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, all those different names. In life, Jesus echoed a bunch of them, and the Gospel of John just keeps going over and over again. I said God called himself, I am. Well, there's a very casual, bless you, there's a very casual, Spanish does this. If anybody knows a little Spanish, you know that, that you can just say soy, and it means I, I am, short version. Formal Spanish, you'd say yo soy. I don't know how to do that in French and German because they use both. I guess you can say bin in German without the ish, but whatever. But in Greek, you can just say Amy. It means am. So I could say Amy preacher, am preacher, and that'd be perfectly good Greek. Amy, what, ecclesiasticus or something like that. Jesus says, I am, seven times in the Gospel of John. I am is ego, amy. It's like putting it in capital letters in Greek. It's the emphatic form. It echoes back to the Aramaic he would have spoken as a child, which would have been that sacred name not pronounced. I am that I am. I am what and who I am, and in being what I am, I call that is to be. It's kind of the long version of the way that's said in Greek or Aramaic. So Jesus says seven different things about himself, in addition to all this everlasting Father, Prince, and Peace, and the things we read from Isaiah the prophet. He says, and what a Sunday to name it, I am the bread of life. When they said, well, Moses gave us bread in the wilderness, what are you going to give us? Jesus said, I'll give you a bread that will feed you hunger forever. I am. Ego a me, the bread of life, says Jesus. All in that name. We light a candle each. 
Trivia, why two candles? One for God's, one for Jesus' divinity and one for his humanity. Don't ask me which one's which, I forget which side, okay? That's a trivia question to look up for Bible study one week, but that's why two candles. I am the light of the world. The very beginning of the Gospel of John, before we even get the words of Jesus, and the light that lights humanity came into the world. An awful lot of us preferred the darkness. Jesus says, ego eimi, the light of the world. Then he says, I am the gate of the sheepfold. I'm the door. I'm the, I used to make an entanglement of thorns. Having been an engineer, I'd have made it out of barbed wire in the army. But they used thorns to make a gate of the sheepfold. Well, here's this stone sheepfold with a thorny gate to keep out sheep rustlers and coyotes and wolves and whatever else. Jesus says, I'm the gate. I'm the door. In the old cathedrals and the big churches and some in this country, right there in the middle of the aisle would be a baptismal font. We put it by a door too. We just put it by a different door. He's the door. The entrance to the church is at the font. We're baptized in the name of Christ into the family of Christ. He's the gate. He's the door. More than the gate of the door, he says again, ego eimi, the good shepherd. Pastor means shepherd, but they ought to put the word deputy in front of it. We're just assistants to the, the, real, the true shepherd. He says, ego eimi, your shepherd, and I call you by name, and you know my, hear that? I call you by name. There's that name thing again. The name is also, a nickname for, for a name is a handle. And what else is a handle but a way to get a hold of somebody? A way to draw somebody? A way to bring you in? Bring us in. I am, ego me, the resurrection and the life. Not just I will participate in the resurrection of Lazarus or myself. I am your resurrection and your life. One that's very familiar when Thomas says, we don't know where you're going, to the where you're going. We don't know where you're going. How can we know the way, said Thomas. And Jesus said, I am, ego me, the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. One more time, he puts a handle on us by calling us branches. Ego me, the true vine. If Jesus is the bread of life, He's also the true vine of which we are the branches. And where do branches get their life? How do they grow leaves and grapes? Through the vine. Cut off from the vine, we're only worth being really kindling for a, for a fire. Not much else. There's no other value to branches cut off from the vine. What's in a name? We could spend a Bible study session a week for the rest of our lives, taking the name of Jesus every week, and for some it would take us a few, to determine just what's in a name, a name so simple. You notice that in the English language, we don't often name our children Jesus. We kind of, well, you know, let's keep that one a little special. In other traditions, as coming from Joshua, children are named Jesus, 
or names like it. Nothing wrong with that. It's like naming a child Joshua. But it's a very special name when it's Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Anointed One. That blessed, precious name. Maybe it's a way with all those names for us to get a handle on Jesus. He holds us. Maybe we can get a hold of who and what Jesus is with that handle. What's in a name? The Word, the creation, the resurrection, the life. If Jesus means God saves, then also our salvation. What's in a name? Our whole world and beyond. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.